We are joined today by Westwood One's podcast, the editor of Westwood One's podcast network, John Wardock. John, thanks so much for coming on. We appreciate your time. Thanks for doing this. Uh, thanks, Ed. Uh, nice to be on with you. Seems like the uh, the way of doing things now is some sort of remote uh, a meeting and or Zoom or something like that. We use StreamYard, but uh, nothing seems to be live anymore, John. How are you doing where you are? Where are you located? Well, uh, I am actually back in Maryland. I spent a lot of time in New York, but uh, since March 12th, I've uh, retreated to Maryland uh, right outside of D.C. And I've been, I feel like I'm on day 10,000, hunkered down in my home office. Now, are they loosening things up a little bit? We're in Florida, so we're seeing a little bit every couple of weeks. How's it going by you? Yeah, around D.C., I saw the mayor of D.C. just said, you know, we might start opening things up uh, later this month. Uh, Maryland, the governor has done a pretty good job of trying to be consistent, you know, but there are large counties. The county I'm in, Montgomery, still has a lot of cases. Uh, so you got to pay attention to the news. Right. So, John, how did you get involved in podcasting? How'd you get started in that industry? Well, it's funny. Uh, I started in radio in high school, and I worked my way through radio, uh, doing uh, high school, college, even grad school, doing radio. And I found myself uh, working at a place, what was then called CBS Market Watch, uh, back in the you know, 2003, 2004, 2005. And I had a boss who said, you know, we should be taking these audio snippets and putting them on the website. And then from there, Steve Jobs at Apple came along and said, you know, there's, there's this thing called podcasting and we want to open it up. And at that time, uh, both the Wall Street Journal and Market Watch were early adopters of podcasting. This is like 05, 06, uh, where we were putting interviews out there and people would go, what's a podcast? Uh, so we would have to explain. And then came the financial crisis of, you know, 07, 08, 09. And people wanted more and more news, uh, especially financial news, housing news. So we stuck with it. We kept doing podcasts and, you know, well, so it goes. And you joined Westwood One when? Uh, last year, February of 2019, after being at uh, Dow Jones and, uh, you know, the Journal of Market Watch for about 16 years. Got it. So we can't start a podcasting conversation off without the news of this week, because talk about keeping your listeners engaged and viewers. Joe Rogan is the expert at it. What did you think when you saw that dealie uh, signed with Spotify? I, uh, well, my I guess it would be W.O.W. Capitals. <laughs> it's like, holy smokes. And the Wall Street Journal puts the, the tag at around $100 million, which is amazing to see someone in podcasting getting that, an individual person getting that. Uh, he is a, a phenom, and I'm sure he deserves every penny. But this is a really interesting tactic by uh, Spotify to focus on a personality. Up to now, they focused on companies like Gimlet and Anchor and so on. And now they have a, a big time personality. So was Joe Rogan really a podcaster? Because uh, with so many views on YouTube and, and you know, it, it kind of was a TV show. To me, it was a TV show. I don't think I've ever listened to the podcast. What does it mean to the podcasting industry for him not to be around? Um, well, he'll be around, but, you know, not to, for him not to be free on all the platforms. 
Yeah, I don't know. I think that's still an open question, right? Uh, because you look at it this week, I, I spent a lot of time looking at Apple top charts. Like a lot of people do. It's very addictive to go on your phone and see what show's doing well. And he's always near the top. So what will that mean going forward for the shakeup of the charts? And uh, I think, who knows, someone will always rise to fill in the gap, right? Right, right. So we'll have to see. So uh, as a podcaster, everybody wants more listeners. They, uh, I, I believe they want to grow their listenership so that perhaps they can make some, uh, some more money at being a podcaster. Um, how do you keep listeners engaged? Let's kind of run through something that you wrote recently that we covered. Uh, you know, uh, keeping the listeners engaged right from the start to the end is important if you want to grow your show. So give us your first thoughts on uh, why you put that together, uh, the, uh, the list of things for folks to follow to keep their listeners engaged. Yeah, one thing we do at Westwood One is we look at audience insights and provide insights to folks out there, both on the radio side and the podcast side. So I've been working on this for a while uh, because there are more than a million podcasts out there, uh, reportedly on Apple and Spotify. So how do you uh, distinguish yourself these days? How do you get noticed? How do you build audience? And how do you attract advertisers to generate money here. So um, I, working with an editor, I came up with uh, some ideas. Basically, the first one, the first strategy is if you're going to use the Apple dashboard, and just to explain, when you go on that dashboard, you can see things like time spent, listen, uh, you know, time per device, uh, and then something called uh, average consumption or completion rate. So you can see how long people are looking and listening. And when you look, you can see the the, the graph of the audience. It's amazing to look where the audience drops out. So in this piece that I've written, which people can find on Twitter or on my LinkedIn profile uh, or at westwood1.com, the first thing is storytelling. Uh, this may sound obvious, but if you're colorful and engaging, you will hold your audience. And as long as you can keep telling stories and keep doing uh, intelligent interviews and having great guests or doing a great narrative, you'll hold your audience going forward. So prepare for interviews, know your questions, know the answers or try to anticipate them and then build your interview around that. Or if you are going to go uh, do a narrative, you know, work with your producer, sit down and rip through your script to see what works, what doesn't, and then see uh, how you can go from there to try to maintain your audience looking for you know points of drama you know, who are your main characters and things like that. So that that's a huge part is storytelling. Um, the second thing is, you so know, John, we, before, yeah, before, you, yeah. before you get on to number two, the strategy, yeah. um, uh, how important is it for podcasters to get right into the content at the beginning uh, of their show, as opposed to, again, Joe Rogan, <laughs> lead seven, eight yeah. minutes of ads. Not that everybody has that many ads to read, but sometimes yeah. there's some content at the beginning that you just, you're rolling your eyes at, um, you know, they're, they're talking about, uh, you know, their microphone or they're talking about things around in the room. And it just, you, you tune into a podcast because what you see in the, in the title or what you see in the artwork and how quickly do you need to get into the content? You really should get into the content quickly uh, because people will tune out. There are so many options. I know I do it myself. If you don't have my attention really within the first two minutes, I'm gone and I will move to the next thing. Um, and so you really have to tease your audience. You have to telegraph what's coming up in the show. Maybe play a, a snippet from the, the guest you're going to have on. 
you know, a sexy, juicy bite. Um, and then make sure if you do have a pre-roll ad, and this moves to strategy point number two, get creative with that, right? So you don't want to turn people off automatically by playing a pre-roll at the very top. Listen, Joe Rogan is the exception, right? The guy can do whatever he wants, uh, as far as I'm concerned. But the rest of us, you know, who are mere mortals, have to think about how do we creatively open up the show, get around uh, a pre-roll if there's a sponsorship, and then go into the meat of the show. Gotcha. So um, any way to give some folks tips on creative uh, pre-roll ads? Should it be voice read? Should it be uh, recorded? Does it really matter as long as it's creative? Uh, I think that will depend really on how you want to structure your show and, uh, you know, what content management system you're using and whether you want to use dynamic ad insertion. That's probably going to have to be up to you and your producer and if you have a business manager to figure that out. But um, my feeling is, and this gets back to storytelling, right? Energy. The read should be awesome. The, the, uh, the content, the copy should be awesome. You really need to have strong copy to carry the day. Uh, and that is a huge part of all this discussion as well. Do you really know a lot of podcasters that have producers and business managers? <laughs> uh, actually, I do. It's, wow. It, it's amazing what's going on here, uh, talking to folks, uh, because there, there are podcasters out there who will go find a producer, right, and say, hey, I'll give you $35 an hour. Can you help me edit my piece, you know, and then help publish? And there's this cottage industry growing up, uh, especially around big cities like New York and Washington and San Francisco and L.A. and Chicago. You know, I, I, I'm getting off the beaten path here a little bit, but I, have you been watching what's been going on with Barstool Sports and this Call Her Daddy podcast? And they've been getting so much publicity. I've never listened to an actual show. I did listen to Portnoy talk about the show on the yeah. feed because now you're hooked in with all the drama and they were even in the New York New York Times yesterday uh, on uh, you know, Wednesday, so it just seems like that podcast is blowing up, and it's not even it's not even being produced anymore. So how do you you can't even buy that kind of publicity? <laughs> you can't. No, to have the New York Times cover you, and you haven't published an episode. You know uh, the the two uh, girls haven't published an episode since April, and look what's going on there. Yeah, what a drama! What a drama! Uh, and Portnoy's the master. I mean, he yeah. really is to see what he's done with Barstool over the last 15 years, really. It's amazing. So the third strategy you talk about is experiment. What do you mean by that? Well, one thing I love to do is I like to use the Apple metrics to go on there and see what's hot and what's not, because you can break it down by individual episodes. So you can see, hey, we just did something on McDonald's selling a new kind of burger. Or, hey, we just did something on, you know, how you can pay down your student debt or something, right? So, wow, look at that. We had really strong audience retention all the way through. Or look at all those downloads. We got more downloads. And then you can start looking for patterns uh, when you experiment. So using the Apple metrics, you can try to uh, look at what I would call a digital focus group, right? To look at how certain episodes do and how well certain episodes don't do, and then trying to make content strategy decisions on that. So you mentioned Apple Metrics a few times. Um, I've got a few podcasts, but I've never gone into Apple to look at their metrics because I always feel like Apple is so difficult to maneuver through. How do you get people into the Apple Metrics? What? How do they do that? Well, uh, you can uh, contact them, I'm sure, 
and ask for a dashboard. Uh, your larger content creators do have access and they do look at their own their own material. I do it for our shows, for most of our shows at Westwood One. We have just over 40 podcasts. So I spend a lot of time going in there because at the end of the day, it's about advertising, right? In many ways, you can have great content, but if the great content doesn't draw in advertisers, then you have an issue. And uh, that's where I come in and try to look at how can we get a lot of the audience to stay right through the first mid-roll position Mm-hmm. You know, because mid-roll ads tend to be higher CPM, so they bring tend to bring in more revenue. So how can we work with the host? How can we work with the producer um, to try to get the audience to roll right through? And wh- when you go on to the Apple metrics, you can you can see how long the audience is lasting. Uh, are you keeping 70% of your audience or 80% or 90%? If you're hitting 80 or higher, I consider that a success these days. So should a independent podcaster work through their hosting company like Libsyn or, or Blueberry or Spreaker or any of the other ones to find the stats or should they go to Apple Connect and try and keep an eye on that as well? I would approach Apple directly to see what you can get from them. Uh, they, there's a good uh, crew there, uh, James Box, Steve Wilson, Lauren Oson in particular, uh, to reach out to them. And you know, listen, things are heating up in podcasting, right? Look at what Spotify is doing. They're putting a lot of pressure on Apple. Yeah. So Apple, in many ways, has to be in the customer service business. So if you have interest in learning more about your metrics, you should approach Apple. John, does length of a podcast really matter? We we kind of get that question all of a t- all the time. Uh, somebody wanted to know about short pods, uh, five minute shows, things like that. Does it uh, does it really matter how long your show is for it to be successful? I think that really depends on who the host is, how engaged the host is with the audience, and uh, what the content is, right? I mean, these days, we're all looking for tidbits of information about what's going on with coronavirus. Right. And if you look at some of the top uh, shows right now, like the NPR newscast or the Fox News podcast, they're all doing really well because we are looking for that five-minute shot of news to keep us informed. Uh, but if you are looking for escapism, right, maybe you want a 45-minute podcast for comedy. So I think it really depends on um, how engaging the host is and what genre you're dealing with right now. The next strategy on your list is hold the audience, number four. So why don't you tell us uh, how mm-hmm. we can hold our audience? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, by practicing uh, tips one, two, and three, you know, be a great storyteller, uh, try not to make the ads too burdensome on your listeners. Be creative, uh, be engaging, ooze uh, passion, right? That's It's all about passion and, and engaging and reaching beyond and, and hitting that person right between the ears. So uh, that's what, those are some of the things you should do. Uh, and then with experimenting, um, what I like to do with metrics is if we tweak something, how can we make it better, right? That's ultimately, how can we, grow the audience, how can we hold the audience as long as possible? So tip number four is, you know, look at the consumption rate on Apple metrics. And some podcasts may only have 60% or 70%. That's not great. I mean, try to improve on that. Try to hit the 80% mark. For many years, it was thought that 80% was the industry standard. I like to aim for 90 or higher because that means ultimate, right? You are a hero 
winning the day if you can hold 90% of your audience, whether it's a 20-minute podcast or an hour-long podcast. If you can keep someone that long and keep a lot of them, you have a successful podcast. John, what do you think is a respectable number of downloads after somebody has 5, 10, 15 shows in their uh you know, in their lineup uh, of their podcast, if they're doing a weekly show. I mean, uh, sometimes people give up after seven or eight or five or because they look at those numbers and they get depressed by it. So what uh, what do you think is a respectable number after, you know, you start to get into a groove? Well, yeah, we are seeing that pod fade, right, where people give up and they toss in the towel. You really got to be committed here and you got to have a game plan. And when people ask me, you know, should I launch a podcast? I actually have a one sheet that I hand out to people. Here are like 10 questions you should be able to answer. If you can't answer these questions, you should not be doing a podcast and you should not commit to doing a podcast for six to 12 months. So you really got to be in it for the long term, right? It's uh, it's not a sprint. It's not a 40-yard dash. It's more like a marathon. Plan on running 26 miles and change here, folks, because you're going to need to, uh, you know, there are going to be days when you think that, oh, this episode is so great and the downloads aren't there. In terms of monetization, you should try, uh, you should really keep pushing to 20, 30, 40,000 downloads per episode because that's when you're really going to start attracting advertisers, I think. That's been the traditional threshold of trying to hit 50,000 downloads per episode. Is there a way somebody could get the uh, one sheet from you, or is that something for Westwood One? Now, uh, if you want to do business with us, uh, okay. sure. Um, I don't really, uh, you know, really, I have to be working with a client. But sure, sure. Um, gotcha. if someone has a show and they want to pitch us, let us know. You know, <laughs> if you have an established audience, Mr. Rogan, you know, uh, we're listening. If the, so, uh, but uh, one thing I will say, Ed, is I talked a lot of people uh, who want to start podcasts and my I answer emails I answer phone calls and I you know when they reach out on social media I tend to answer uh, as soon as I can so if anyone's out there and they want to chat just let me know are there a lot of people that are trying to start a podcast every day still yeah uh, you can see because what's going on in the radio industry in particular we're People, maybe they lose their job as a morning show host somewhere and they say, you know, we have an audience here. How can we take that audience and move it into a podcast? And I think we are seeing uh, some of that um, still, you know, uh, even though it's getting extremely competitive in podcasting now. So the fifth strategy you have on your uh, on your list here is deal with the dips. Yes. And uh, when I mean dips, I don't mean people who, uh, you know, are idiots. I mean, uh, people who on the Apple metrics will notice something that goes down on the chart. It's like, what is that? And that, that's the ad because even the best uh, host, the most engaging, most colorful host will, will have a dip. And so how can you creatively segue from your content through the ad, making the ad sort of sing along with the narrative of your content and then right through the ad, back to the content. So uh, you will have dips, but you should look at trying to make sure those dips are smaller and smaller. And by going on the Apple dashboard, you can see how much audience did I lose? Oh, I'm getting better at this. And if you do have ad copy, you know, pre-read it. Uh, learn to love your, your copy. 
um, because it benefits you, it benefits your listener, and it benefits your sponsor. So, John, how important is it to have good quality audio? I know there was a time where the audio didn't mean as much because there was a smaller group of or number of podcasts to to pick through. But now it's 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 gotten so large and not all of them are active. Everyone says there's a million podcasts, but not all of them are active or producing podcasts every week. But really, how important is it for you to, you know, at least invest in a couple of good microphones and figure out how to record it so you have good quality sound? Yeah, the one thing I would say about that is it's gotten much easier now to do a really good podcast uh, using uh, equipment that doesn't cost an arm and a leg. Um, and I think audio quality is a big way of distinguishing yourself because if people hear uh, crackly, crappy audio, you're going to turn them off and they'll go elsewhere. Um, I think just to be honest about it, I know myself when I'm listening to stuff, it's like, boy, they couldn't do better than that. Um, and then that will then raise a red flag. And then the next time, you know, I get the episode, another episode, it's like, eh, do I really want to invest the time? So that's what it comes down to is getting your listener to invest the time. And if you make the audio quality really good, uh, you will probably attract them to keep coming back for that second, third and fourth listen. And how important is it for you to consistently drop an episode on the day you're going, you say you're going to drop one? Yeah, you got to get them addicted, right? It's a habit. If you publish every Tuesday, be there every Tuesday. Explain, you know, we publish on Tuesday, make us part of your commute or, you know, your morning walk now. There, in my neighborhood, there's so many people out walking and they're listening and people are taking cups of coffee with them or, if it's in the afternoon, some of them are taking adult beverages with them uh, and they're listening to stuff on their phones. So if you drop on Tuesday, drop on Tuesday, folks. I mean, you know, have some discipline, too. And that gets back to what I mentioned earlier about have a plan and, and stick to that plan. Any final tips you want to share with our audience? Yeah, have fun. Uh, the one thing I love about podcasting is every day I feel like I'm doing a hobby. And that's how it should feel. Uh, you should really enjoy doing what you're doing. And then everything will flow from that. So uh, enjoy it. And if you find yourself not enjoying the process of doing a podcast or trying to build out a business based around a podcast, maybe you shouldn't be doing a podcast. What are your three favorite podcasts outside the Westwood One Network? <laughs> I will tell you, the one I'm listening to right now uh, is uh, Baseball by the Book by a, a veteran sports writer, Justin McGuire. I'm a baseball fan. And he has on baseball authors talking about uh, uh, whether it's Harry Carey or, um, you know, the New York Giants or baseball, uh, you know, in New York or whatever. So that's my favorite, I would say. I, I go to that a lot. And I also listen to uh, podcasts that are being done by sports stations around the country to see what the sports industry is up to these days. Uh, uh, you know, given I spend my day looking, listening to podcasts at night, I will also use podcasts to try to tune out and by engaging with sports podcasts in particular. So the, the baseball one that you mentioned, being that it's so niche, do they have sponsors? Uh, I have not heard one yet. Uh, okay. He has a lot of great guests. Uh, but I have not heard a sponsor yet. Finally, how can people reach out to you and get in contact with you? Where can they find you? Sure. I'm on Twitter, uh, 
at uh, John Wardock, J-O-H-N-W-O-R-D-O-C-K. Uh, LinkedIn, just look for me. Uh, you can also, if you want, uh, feel free to email me at Westwood One, uh, jwardock at westwoodone.com. John, thanks so much for your time. We look forward to seeing you in person real soon. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Ed.